You know, it's hard to believe that almost two years ago, I joined you for my first Sunday as your associate pastor. I remember that first day. I was feeling all of the feels, as they say. I was feeling excited and was anticipating such a great Sunday. But I was also nervous, and I had that feeling in the pit of my stomach with anxiety. I wasn't sure what it would be like being back in ministry after two years of leave, after we lost our son Owen to cancer. I wondered if I could still be effective in ministry. I wondered if I could love you and serve you the way that you deserve to be loved and served. There were so many unknowns at that time, but the two things I knew for sure was that God had called me to Udawa United Methodist Church and that I was called to preach. In fact, this space, this holy place up here, is where I come most alive in ministry. It's where I feel close to God's Holy Spirit and God speaking in and through me. Preaching is one of those things that is a holy experience for me. And I remember very vividly stepping up to this stage for the very first time and thinking, are they going to like me? (laughs) You had just watched this silly video. Anybody remember the 30 questions in three minutes video? And at the end, I, you know, put all my cards out for you. I didn't know if you'd think this crazy girl from Northeast Tennessee who loved Dolly Parton and Blue Bloods, woo woo, um, would be able to be your pastor. (laughs) I didn't know if you would understand my sarcasm and sense of humor. All those what ifs went through my mind that sometimes do when we enter into something new. What if, what if my vulnerability is just too much for them? What if they don't embrace my brokenness? What if they don't love Owen the way that we love him. And then I stepped up here, and I remember I took a deep breath. And all of those fears and what-ifs fell away because I looked out into each of your faces, and I saw you smiling, and I heard you laughing, and I heard you saying amen, and I saw you weeping tears of joy and also tears of movement of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, These are my people, and I'm their pastor. (laughs) What a joy it was in that moment to know that God was with us in that moment. Although today is my last Sunday as your pastor at Udawa United Methodist Church, I want you to know that OUMC will always hold a very special place in my heart. This past year, we have This past two years, we have journeyed with one another. We have grown in overflowing love and learned um, about one another. The scripture this morning comes from the book of Philippians, and it's a letter written by Paul to the church in Philippi, a church that he once served faithfully at and that he had moved on from, and yet he still wanted to encourage them as he was away from them. And so this morning, I wanted us to hear from Paul about that great love and affection that he had for them and the words that he left for his church. Let us hear this word of God from Philippians 1, 3 through 11. And this is my, my prayer for you. I thank my God every time I mention you in prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray, and I, it's always a prayer full of joy I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in ministry 
of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I am sure about this, that the one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison, which is not true about me, but you get it, and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, friends, that your love might become even more, even more and more rich in knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will be then filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. We are thankful for this word of God this morning. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, your love overflows to us through the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and we are so thankful. God, we're thankful that through that love, we can love one another. I'm especially grateful for the overflowing love that has covered me and my family during my time of service here. And my prayer this morning is that you would speak through me and in spite of me a word that would help us to go forward living a life where we can be rich in love and decide what really matters. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if there's one thing that I can identify that has been constant over the past two years, it is change. <laughs> we have been in a time of constant change since shortly after I arrived here. What we thought to be true about our church, our community, and our world was all of a sudden turned upside down with the beginning of the pandemic. And then the natural disaster through the tornado, the political unrest that we've witnessed, and the racial discrimination. All these things have made us feel like we don't know what is up before us, what's going to happen next. Today, I believe that OUMC has faced all of these things without fear, and I am proud that we have been rooted in our faith as we have moved forward into the unknown. You know, unlike some churches, we have leaned into those challenging spaces of change and that unknown. We've adapted and changed the way that we've done ministry so that we could meet the needs of our people as they are. Although many things have changed for us, we have held fast to being united in our overflowing love for God and for each other. You know, change is hard, and boy, are we in the midst of it, right? Especially with the pastoral change. This last month, I've been packing up an office that I thought I would inhabit for many more years. The unexpected has happened. I'll never forget the way that I felt when we got that call about moving to Tyner United Methodist Church. I was excited and honored to have the opportunity to be a senior pastor at this church, but I also was torn in my heart because I love you all so very much, and I couldn't imagine ministry without you. 
Those feelings of being excited and encouraged were also met with that sadness over and over again. I was also so sad that I'd be leaving this community that we have grown to love um, as a family. There were so many unknowns. Would I be able to be effective as their first female senior pastor at Tyner? Could I be the kind of leader they need for this next season in their ministry? Do I have what it takes to help them vision for what God is calling them to do? Am I tall enough to be a senior pastor? I literally asked you that, didn't I? Like shortly after I got the call, I said, I don't know if I'm tall enough to be a senior pastor. Thankfully, Dwight built me a preaching step so I can at least see over the pulpit whenever I go over there. What about Justin? What about our family? What about Owen? I wondered if they could embrace Owen's memory and story the way that you all have. Will we fit in there? Will I feel connected to them like I do you? I'm sure you all have questions throughout this time as the drama has begun to unfold. Who is this person coming to us named Jacqueline? Will she get me like Amanda does? Or what will her sermons be like? What will her presence be like in worship? So many questions. So many unknowns. And yet, I feel like Facing the unknown may be one of the hardest things we've ever had to do as a people of faith, but we are not alone. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can move boldly into what God has for us, knowing that God is with us. If there's anything we've learned from this past year is that we're not in control, amen? We've had that experience. And I'm here to say that even though things have been really, really bad sometimes, God is good. And God is faithful. Amen? That is something that we can proclaim together. See, I may not know if I'll connect with Tyner the way that I have with you, but I know that God has called me there. I may not be certain of everything, but as Paul says, I'm sure of this, that the one who started a good work in us will be faithful to complete it through the, by the day of Christ Jesus. That's what I believe for myself, and that's what I believe for you here at OUMC, that God has been, is, and will continue to work in and through all of us until that day of completion. So what does this good work look like? What does it mean for us to have that moment of completion with Jesus? I believe that there are two ways that God is calling us to complete that good work. The first is, I believe that God is calling us to be rich in love. The New Revised Standard Version puts it, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. Paul says that being rich in love means that we get to know each other, that we become a part of one another's stories, that we are insightful with one another. You know, when I first met your new associate pastor, Jacqueline, I told her just how much she was going to love you. Not just because you're amazing people, but because you have this overflowing love for others. And it is so exciting and amazing to be a recipient of that love. I said, well, hold on tight, girl. You're getting ready to get loved well by these people. Such a joy to have her with you. 
You have loved me and my family so much. It's just part of your nature. And part of the reason for that is that you've sought to understand and embrace our story. You've loved us just as we are. You know, when I first met with the Staff Parish Relations Committee over two years ago, I shared with them my call story and how I got to where we were today. And that story concluded with our journey with Owen. Now, they had never heard that before, and so it was an overwhelming feeling for many of them. And they sat in silence. And I remember wondering, do they think I'm too broken to be their pastor? And then the silence was broken. I said, we love talking about Owen, and, you know, we believe that sharing his story is a part of God's redeeming work in his life and in our lives. Do you have any questions? And in that moment, I saw that overflowing love through a question that somebody asked me. I said, you know, Pastor Amanda, I, you know, I hope this isn't uncomfortable for me to ask you, but you're going to be working with a lot of families and children at our church. Are you going to be okay with that? And I remember thinking, what an insightful question to ask. He wanted to know me. He wanted to know that I was going to be okay. And so I remember saying to him, you know, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. And, you know, when we lost Owen, I prayed to God that I would still have joy in children. And God has been faithful to that. And even though it's hard sometimes to see a little brown-headed boy with dark eyes running around our church, it still doesn't take away the joy that I see in children. In that moment, our church began to become part of our story In an uncomfortable situation, when life got real, he and so many of you have stepped up and into our story, and you have loved us fully without reservation. You know, brothers and sisters, that's my prayer for us, is that we could be rich in love, that we could meet people where they are and as they are, and learn their stories and love them anyway. Because that's what each of us have received through the overflowing love of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to do that. Not just with Pastor Jacqueline and her family, but with every single person that enters this place. Every single person that you encounter. Get to know their story. Ask questions. Show them that overflowing love that you have been shown through Jesus Christ. And the second thing I want to leave you with is a calling from God to decide what really matters. You know, sometimes in church we get so distracted by the little things or the issues that seem pretty big that we forget to keep the main thing the main thing, right? There's been a lot of that going on in our church and in our world. But we have to remember that God has called us to decide what really matters. I believe that this past 15 months of the pandemic and everything that's gone on has given us a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. All those things that were part of our church that kept us super busy and overcommitted and exhausted from ministry have fallen away. And now we have an opportunity to pick up the things that are most important, to encourage one another and to decide what God is calling us to do as a community. God is calling us to decide what really matters. And in order to do that, we have to take a look at who God is calling us to be. 
You know, we went through this series, Building for the Future, um, a couple, a month, last month, and it was a great way for us to look at what are the things that are most important that God is calling us to, and how do we lean into those things? We have to decide what God is calling us to. You know, we've said over and over again, God is calling us to reach out to families with children and youth. We know that that's an area of our church that needs to grow. And so what we have to do is we have to look at everything we do through that lens of is this going to be friendly to people who have children and youth? It's not to say that other people aren't important, right? Those who are empty nesters or senior adults senior adults or newly retired. It's just to say that if we believe that those people in the 20s, 30s, early 40s age range with children and youth need the love of Jesus, then we should be a place where they can, ex ex they can experience that. And that means that we remember what it was like to be in our 20s and 30s and what brought us to the church and how our kids were brought up to adulthood and the church the way they loved on us and invested in us. And everything that we do should be a part of that, deciding what really matters. What does it look like for us to look at all the things that we do through that lens of who God is calling us to be? You especially have this opportunity over the next six months as we begin again in many of our ministry opportunities. This is the chance that we have to start something new and exciting. And I know that although I won't be here to be a part of that, that God is going to be faithful to complete that work in you. God is calling us to be rich in love and to do, to decide what really matters. So my prayer for you is that you would overflow with love for others. I've said over and over again, if I'm going to err on the side of anything, I'd rather err on the side of loving too much than loving too little. When I get to heaven, I'd rather God say, you love too much than to say you didn't love enough. And that's what that overflowing love is all about, is meeting people where they are and showing them the love of Jesus. And the other thing is I want you to decide what really matters. We have to keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus talks about what the main thing is, loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others as ourselves. That's keeping the main thing the main thing. All those other things can fall away, and that is the truth that Jesus shares with us. Brothers and sisters, over the past two years, I truly believe that you have loved me back to a life of ministry. You have done that. At a time when I didn't think I could, you have helped do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so thank you. Thank you for loving me, for loving my husband, for loving our family. Thank you for keeping our son's memory alive and for listening to our stories and for speaking his name and for sharing his story. Thank you for celebrating with us through our greatest joys and also weeping with us in our deepest hurts. This is what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And I want you to know that although I am not going to be your pastor, we are still a part of this great story together, and God is not through with us yet. Amen? 
God is still doing a great thing. And I cannot wait to hear just down the road how things are happening here at Udawa. Somebody said that Udawa and Tyner used to be rivals. So you might need to get in a fight with each other. I said, no, we're going to celebrate. We're both going to be winning souls for Jesus. Amen? We can celebrate that God is on the move in our area. And that we can be overflowing with love because we have decided what really matters. Amen.